0: start off by just saying, like, the Lord is really doing a work here at the house. Um, he's really doing a work in every single one of us in this room, those who couldn't make it, just, it's deep stuff. Um. And it's personal stuff. Like today, when I say transition, I'm not talking about the leadership transition. I'm talking about a tension of transition that is happening in the body of Christ right now. Now, yes, that's always happening in some way, shape, or form. But the season of right now in particular is very important that really in today what I'm going to share, like I can't emphasize enough how much each and every single one of us have a responsibility to lean in, OK? And I mean that with everything in me. Um, I really implore you, lean in. Are you in pain? Are you feeling something? Are you almost confused? Are you frustrated? Lean into what's really going on there. There's things being prompted to leave you. Like, I can't highlight enough, like, Go back on YouTube or a podcast and listen to Lisa's sermon last week because that is huge. Everything she shared, that needs to be activated in every single one of our, our lives because of what I'm going to be sharing further today. Because of what we were singing Earlier. This isn't stuff you just hear and not step into. You're called to step into it. No matter where you are in your walk, no matter how long you've been with the Lord, every single one of us are being called to look at the leaves on our tree with the Holy Spirit and let go of them. Let those things be pruned. And it's the same for the fruit. Really stopping and looking at ourselves and looking at the fruit. And in confidence in the Lord saying, that fruit will not bear from me anymore. And being conscious in stop doing it. Sorry for the bad grammar. Conscious (laughs) to stop. You get me. You get me, Ange. So I just want to preface in everything I'm, I just said. Um, I, if you haven't heard me say this before, then, well, now's your time to hear it. Hear me say it. This is where I am. You know, I... May not always be the biggest fan of, I don't know how else to word it, but um, most Christians today and what Christianity has become because of where it's gone from its root and I think a lot of us can agree to that. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. But what I'm not saying in that is that I don't like the church or I'm disappointed in the church or whatever. No, I love and I adore the body of Christ. And I am so adamant on seeing the church step into her rightful position, which takes getting rid of things, getting rid of thoughts, getting rid of mentalities, getting rid of belief systems that are distracting us away from just Christ alone. That's distracting us away from all that Christ did and God's intention and heart for the world. I have a very hard time with seeing the response of the church at times. I mean, to be completely honest, look at, the war in Israel, and you see how divided the church is on that. And it's disgusting. How divided the church gets on so many things because of all of these divisions that have happened over the last 2,000 years. Probably more like 1,500, but it's disgusting. I don't know how else to say it. But I love the church. I love the body of Christ at her core. I love participating in the continued story of redemption. Every moment of our lives, we get to participate in the continued story. We're actually a part of the whole story. And we forget that. We forget that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You know, that's like the most Christian scripture, right? Even people who don't believe in God know that scripture. But there's a reason for it because that sums it up. That's the why. And just stopping and looking at that. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but actually have eternal life. And so I've been thinking long and hard, especially in my own personal life, but I'm seeing it across the board, too, in my friends' lives, my family's lives, coworkers' lives, clients' lives, celebrities' lives. Like I don't really care what's going on, but we seem to be, anyway. But I'm thinking long and hard about the lifelong, continual fork in the road that is constantly presented to every single one of us, almost every moment of the day. And this fork in the road comes down to this one thing, Well, two things. But it comes down to, and we've talked about this in recent weeks, spirit and flesh, spirit and flesh. Like if I could really narrow it down for you, that's what everything in your life comes down to. Mm -hmm. And we're constantly having to stop and check ourselves. Am I going to follow the spirit on this one? And we're going to follow the flesh on this one. And knowing what the difference even is. We're learning to to follow the spirit and to get in tune with our own spirits, which takes getting ourselves healthy, spirit, soul, and body. I mean, that's a part of why we see Tat the way she is. Because she's working on being healthy and she's taking those steps, Right? So the continued fork in the road, it presents itself at almost every single decision we have. Sometimes we're like, Holy Spirit doesn't care about that. I'm going to just do this. But he actually does. He actually does care about that decision. Like sometimes I stop and think, because I once had a friend who, she listened to the Spirit so much, she would ask Holy Spirit, what color shirt should I wear today? But that could be really significant in someone else's life. Strange. But I've heard crazy stories of Holy Spirit telling people, I want you to wear this shirt today. Because someone cried out, I'll believe in you if a person in a five-colored plaid shirt comes up to me and high-fives me for no reason. I'll believe in you. I've heard those stories. So even down to, well, oh, Holy Spirit, what color shirt should, should I wear? That's not something you have to ask every day, but I'm asking you to open your mind to the thought of, what if I did begin to start asking Holy Spirit? Almost, it sounds like dumb questions, but I don't think he thinks a lot of questions are dumb because if we're asking, something means something to us. Are you with me? So jobs, marriage, self-care, ministering to others, whatever it is, you name it. Nothing is hidden from the question that seems to eternally sit itself in our view. What am I following today? And if everything that's been said about fruit in the Bible is true, (sighs) guys, we are in a huge call to repentance Um, I would like to read, I've been getting into the complete Jewish Bible translation recently. Um, Although today it's going to be kind of between that version and the ESV. Um, But I would like to read 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9 today. It should pop up on the screen, but if not, um, we'll get there. Sweet, sweet. All right. I try. I try. I try to over-communicate. All right. So I want, to, I'm, I want to say this verse because this verse, what I'm going to read, is really the framework of my heart today and even some of the stuff I was talking about earlier. This verse is, is the framework of, I'm, I'm just going to call it an exhortation for today, Okay. So God's power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowing the one who has called us to his own glory and goodness. Verse four, by these, he, by these, he has given us valuable and superlatively great promises so that through them, you might come to share in God's nature and escape the corruption which evil desires have brought into the world. It's actually chapter one, sorry. <laughs> Verse five. Verse five. For this very reason, try your hardest to furnish your faith with perseverance, perseverance with godliness. Godliness with brotherly affection. I just missed a whole line. For this very reason, try your hardest to furnish your faith with goodness. Goodness with knowledge. Knowledge with self-control. Self-control with perseverance. There it is. Perseverance with godliness. Godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love this next one for if you have these qualities in abundance they keep you from being barren and unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord yeshua the messiah (sighs) hold your breath for this last one (sighs) indeed whoever lacks them is blind so short-sighted that they forget their past sins have been washed away. Deborah, can you come up here and share what you shared with me this morning?
1: Good morning. So during the praise and worship, the song that we were singing and then amanda said stay on that song there was uh, the lord started sharing with me a word for the church he said freedom is at the base of the cross and a lot of times as christians we forget to go to the cross we need to get on our face before the lord at the cross because that's where our freedom lies if we're not there the battles around us won't be fought and won because we're not at the freedom of the cross. So when we get to the freedom of the cross, we're looking at the cross, all those things around us, the Lord is fighting them for us. So when we get up, we're free because the freedom is there. I think that's what I shared. I don't know. I told her, I said, I might forget some of that. But as a body... And and he was showing me this body in particular needs to get here to fight that freedom for what's out there. That's what I saw, that we're fighting it here. And so as a body, as a whole, as a community, needs to get here for the freedom that's out there.
0: Thank you. So when, when she came up and said that to me, I was like, thank you, Holy Spirit. Because this is, you know, that's kind of the, the, the place I'm coming from this morning. Myself included. I'm like, I got I to gotta get here, man. I got to lay down. <coughs> Try your very hardest to furnish your faith. I just like that picture, like you're furnishing a room. Your your faith is a room that you live in. How are you going to furnish that room? Furnish your faith with this furniture that you get to rest on and use day to day. Goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness brotherly affection, and love. And all of those things are interconnected, okay? Because if you have these qualities in abundance, if you have this furniture, let's say, they're going to keep you from being barren and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. Because indeed, whoever doesn't have them is so short-sighted that he forgets that his past sins have been washed away. That kills me. Because that was me at various points the last few years. I'd forgotten. I'd simply forgotten what Christ did. And I'm fighting battles that are already done. And I know I'm not the only one. So I know the Lord in the last probably, especially in August, um, but I think a lot was said, the Lord spoke on um, at the church picnic um, regarding personal responsibility, living the narrow way, humility, things that entail that stuff. And so as I continue in in sharing today, there's two pieces that I believe the Lord has shown me as a massive part of getting where we're going. And I hinted at part of it earlier today, Um, but it's simply repentance and hungering forward. You're not just going to be hungry. You're going to be hungry. It actually draws you forward. Okay, It draws you into growth. We need to repent. I value the role of repentance in our lives as imagers of Christ. and um, That's why like, my, my, my heart is just continually throbbing and I'm constantly shaking because I can feel the weightiness of it. Even at the start of Jesus' ministry, he began proclaiming the gospel in Mark 1.12. He says, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. So we know repentance means to feel or express sincere regret or remorse about one's wrongdoing or sin. And we've also learned that that next step within repentance um, is of turning away from that living, that thinking, and instead you turn to the Lord and his ways. Okay? So... What that looks like is when you come to that fork, right, in your day-to-day. Someone says something to you or something doesn't go the way you thought it was going to go or you you have a response regardless. So are you going to follow the flesh or the spirit? So that thing is... Oftentimes, we choose flesh because it's a lot easier to choose. And repentance is laying it down. Lord, forgive me. This is not the way I want to go. I want to go with your way. (laughs) And then you just go that way. You can always turn back. You can always turn back. You can always turn around and go the right way. Do I know what that's going to look like? No, but I know what that fruit's going to taste like. So when we turn away in the middle of repentance... You know, sometimes I guess I, I tend to be a little analytical. Well, it's like, okay, so then now what do I do? Like, how do I get there? How do I know what to repent for? How do I turn and how do I just go into the Lord's ways? How how do I go in that direction? And I actually, I'd never, it's one of those things, this, this verse I'm going to say, um, it's one of those things I always kind of look, it's easy to read over in Scripture, but in Luke 3, John the Baptist, when he's calling forth repentance for the Lord is coming and, you know, he's going to do this, that, and the other. (laughs) Uh, John the Baptist says in Luke 3, verse 8, he says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Produce fruit that keeps with repentance. And so... If in repentance, it's that stepping away from the flesh and you're stepping toward spiritual, you're stepping toward the Lord's ways, into the Lord's ways, what I can see producing fruit with keeping in repentance is what I was sharing earlier on start producing fruit of goodness, of knowledge, of self-control, of perseverance, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. You can also look back in Galatians. It's right there. What's it going to take to produce that fruit? Well, that's a question you have to ask yourself with the Holy Spirit. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, kindness, love, peace, joy. Those things, right? Then there's a question, what are we repenting for? Because saying flesh is a little too general, a little vague, right? I know for me, and because I know I'm, I'm not alone, um, it's checking ourselves. But again, when I look at Christians who profess the body of Christ, but are really not bearing that fruit and don't seem to really care to try. Mm-hmm. Selfishness, convenience, the gluttony of self-gratification. That one, that last one, it's really hard for me. <laughs> but we live in a culture, pushing that in our face. And they call it self-care. Self-care is good when it's actually caring for yourself. (laughs) I don't know. She's laughing, which is like either really funny things are about to pop out of Lisa or she's getting just funny visuals. Or a combination of all of it, as she says. But many of us have fallen into the trap of getting stuck in our ways. I did. Well, why couldn't, for me, why couldn't I hear the Lord? Why couldn't, you know, why wasn't he coming to rescue me out of the hole that I'm in? (laughs) Well, funny thing is, I put myself there. I'm not going to sit here and blame the enemy for that one. That was me. I did that. Sometimes it really is the enemy, but that's going to take some real discernment and some rebuking of some spirit of stupidity in some areas. I'm just saying. Okay. But the problem is, is that sometimes when we find ourselves there and the Lord's very obvious, on am like, well, change. Change it. Do different. Step back and start going this way we still are like, I don't, I'm not going to change. I like, I like this. I'm comfortable with this. This makes me feel good for a little bit. It doesn't last. Change hurts, and change is uncomfortable. And I, I heard this years ago in a different place. That I'm not gonna get into and it was so cliche and annoying and cringy to me, but now I'm like, oh, I get it now. I do believe that we are called to kind of live comfortably uncomfortable because we have to face ourselves day in, day out, and be aware of the fruit we're producing, because most of us are tasting our own fruit and getting mad at the world. That was a freebie. I didn't write that down. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shoo, conviction. That hurt, actually. Oh, that one hurt. So part of Part of finding what to repent for as well, if that's your struggle, is asking yourself, what are you hungry for? What are you chasing after? What are you trying to fill? And where are you trying to get that fill? I can tell you there was a season of my life in my teens and early 20s where I was yearning for... um, authentic love and relationship and friendship, but I used codependency to get there with some of my closest people. And I've, I've long repented for that, but sometimes when I think back, I still have to sit and repent because it's like I will throw up because that was awful. And it looks like certain things, but it's not real. I was hungering for something, but I looked for it in the wrong places. And I ended up damaging the places I was looking for it. I damaged those relationships because I was misusing them. And I wasn't just going to the Lord and looking for that. I was like, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I love you. (laughs) You fill me. You're everything, man. You're my dude, you're da da. It's like that's stupid. He's the one who gives that to me, and he's still giving it to me, but I'm giving praise to something else. Because he's that merciful and that graceful. And I I trick myself. So what are you hungry for? Are you hungry for freedom? Are you hungry for wholeness? Or are you only hungry for what I can get right now? Are you hungry for long term? Or are you just trying to get by? Hunger will highlight what to repent for. But in order to be even mindful of what we're hungry for, it does take self-awareness. It does take stopping with you and Holy Spirit and saying, all right, let's check some things. It is going to take a sozo or the sozo tools. It's going to take those, what's going on, God? What do you have to say? Philippians 2. And before I go into this, When it comes to what we're hungry for, whatever we're eating fuels the fruit of our words. It fuels the fruit of our lenses. It fuels the fruit of what we're giving off. So let's say let's say we're taking on things that are not the Lord, we're calling it the Lord. So something happens, and what we end up doing is we're taking the bad fruit of maybe that theology, of that mindset, whatever, and then we're throwing fruit at other people. We're throwing fruit at each other. which is just going to continue to, draw, to cause division within the church, the body of Christ, just creating more blemishes. We're, cre- we're bruising each other because I'm living the right fruit. Well, by a standard of scripture, you're not. <laughs> okay? So it's, it's huge to really be mindful of the fruit that we're giving off and the fruit that we're eating from. Okay? What are you hungry for? So, Philippians 2. So, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love. Being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not only look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Moving forward to verse 12, same chapter. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence... But much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you. That's my favorite verse right here. Just a different translation. For it is God who works in you. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon a sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Mm -hmm. I love it because the (laughs) scripture really does just tell it it all. Like I was really tempted, honestly, I was this close to just scratching out my entire sermon and just reading, you guys, Galatians 5 entirely, um, all, of, all of the book of James and all of uh, second, first and 2 Peter, both of them. I think mostly 1 Peter, but yeah, I was this close. Just I'm just going to let scripture preach today. I was that close, but I wanted to give you a little more context, so I didn't do that. But please, write that down in your notes. Galatians, James, and you know what? Just do both of Peter's. Just read them both. Slowly. Please. Because, again, it encompasses what I'm trying to get across today. What are you hungry for? What are you thirsty for? Isaiah 55, 1 through 11. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Buy with no money? What? What does that mean? What does that mean? I'll let you think about that. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? and your labor for that which does not satisfy. Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear, and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples, Behold, you shall be called a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel. For he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. Turn around in that fork. And the, um, let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will, abs- he will abundantly pardon. Yeah, he'll abs- absolutely. Eight, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Let's change. Let's step away from convenience and complacency. Please, please. This is for you. It's for the person next to you. It's for the person you love. It's for every single one of us. Remove those leaves, right? Romans 12, verse 9 through 21. Again, that call of repentance. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Wow. What? I know, right? If there's anything you gotta outdo each other in, it's honor. Like, oh yeah, I'll one up you. You're so freaking amazing. No, you are. No, you are. After you, after you, after you, after you. No one's going to get anywhere. But anyway, (laughs) do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Community blessing. And seek to show hospitality. Bless those who who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Mm. It's hard. That right there, flesh and spirit. Someone cuts you off and flips you off in traffic. The Lord blesses you <laughs> Go, James. Help him, Jesus. Woo! bless her bless her bless her rejoice with those who rejoice and weep yeah. with those who weep that's huge i'll remind you of that of that word of that uh, experience i had with the lord where i was um, crying on my kitchen floor and i was like i don't even know lord oh, this is when i still lived at the farmhouse and i was living there by myself and i'm crying and weeping and the lord sits down next to me i felt the the presence of of jesus right next to me, and what he, he says is, this sucks. He didn't say, my, my grace is sufficient, or my, my, my joy is your strength. He didn't say that. He wept right with me, and he rejoices with me. So let's do that together. Let's not try to pull someone out of a season of weeping. Weep with them. My mom used to do that, didn't you? (laughs) When we were when we were kids, and we would cry whether it was a legitimate reason. Usually, it was when it was an illegitimate reason. Somehow, she just it was like mom sensories. But she would know when we were crying for no reason, so she would sit on the floor with us and just go. (laughs) and so we're like (laughs) she goes yeah thought so and then we were like fine because she called our bluff but it's just funny it's a funny thing but so it is this thing of like I'm just going to sit here with you for her though it was like really I don't know why that's maybe don't accept that but but it is funny I I do think of that often that I'm grateful she she does that you know that my mom can call my bluff, but she'll sit there with me in it, you know? She's like, this is ridiculous, but all right. (laughs) Anyway, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, thus says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Why? It's the honoring thing to do. If he's thirsty, we'll give him something to drink. For by doing so, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I just love it because Scripture gives us the strategies. Very straightforward. Scripture tells us the how. It tells us the what. It tells us the why. It tells us the who. Sometimes the who is us because He's calling us out. Galatians five. Uh, Pastor Robert shared this a couple of weeks ago. Um, he was really emphasizing on the fruit of the Spirit as he's going to be taking that a little further as as we progress, he's going to really dive back into the through the spirit. And so as he was beginning on that, um, I want to emphasize Galatians 5, verses 19 through 23. Again, um, I don't think this is going to be up here. I am going to read it from the complete Jewish Bible. But, and it is perfectly evident what the old nature does. It expresses itself in sexual immorality, impurity, and indecency, involvement with the occult and with drugs, in feuding, fighting, becoming jealous, getting angry, in selfish ambition, factionalism, intrigue, and envy, in drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you now, as I have warned you before, Those who do such things will have no share in the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, self-control. Nothing in the Torah stands against such things. So what's your fruit? What are you growing? What are you throwing at people? What are you handing to people? Yeah, munch on this. Taste of these apples. For some reason, that's what I thought. You can repent. You can turn around. And you can partner back with the way of the spirit. Looking at hunger, hunger is a strong desire or a craving for something. So in order to produce the fruit in which to sustain our repentance, as John the Baptist said in Luke 3, we have to acknowledge where we find our hunger, and it should be from him alone and his ways. Consider Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. John 6, 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Psalm 63, verse 1. Whew, I love this. Oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Amen. My flesh faints for you. I see that as the laying down. Mm-hmm. I lay myself down right. to live as Christ, to die as gain. My flesh Thanks for you, Lord. Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 6. I'm just throwing scripture at you guys. Sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. Rude it. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do. That you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. And that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart. Whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna. Which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. That he might make you know that man does not live on bread alone but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing didn't even wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. Psalm 25, 5 through 15. Lead me, this is like, this is like, you. this is a prayer. This is just, like, if you posture your heart when reading this, this is a prayer. This is a request to the Lord. Lord, lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness. You see the fruit here, right? All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Here's some repentance here. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him he will instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Mm. There's something about the hunger for the Lord. It changes things. What are you hungry for? Repent and hunger forward by eating of the good. Put your attention into the hunger. I don't believe that, I think hunger is one of those words where people get kind of weird about it. (laughs) Because it has been completely misused and abused, like many concepts within faith. But stay hungry, but keep your hunger toward him and his ways. Hungering for the things of God is different from just hungering for him himself. There's a difference there, too. Be mindful. To hunger for the things of God isn't bad, but it shouldn't be your ultimate hunger. Let us desire to live within his ways and not on solely our own. But to desire those things apart from him, it doesn't, it doesn't bring us even close to that desire to be with him, one with him, the interaction with him. So return back to our first love, guys. Repent and be hungry. The hunger is going to rekindle your flame of zeal. Your your zeal's not gone. The fire just might be a little low. Eat of the fruit that's going to fan that flame yes. for the Lord again. Yes. This is all choices. Choices. Romans fourteen seventeen. this is one of, one of my favorite verses. For the kingdom of God, verse 17, yes. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy. I see it as the kingdom of God is, is on the top of these three pillars, like a tripod. Righteousness is one, kind of like, like this, there's three. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Kingdom of God is a matter of these. It stands on these. It's firm. Does not waver. So I I usually take that as if I'm getting a little self-righteous or unrighteous, I might not be leaning or even participating as much into the kingdom of God. If I'm not living if I'm not choosing to live from a place of joy, joy and happiness are two different things. And if I'm not actively choosing to live from a peaceful place, it's another sign. If I don't see peace, joy, or righteousness as more fruit in my life, I'm not participating in the kingdom of God. I'm participating in this falsity the world's created. I say this a lot, but we will not embrace the culture of the kingdom if we don't know the nature of the king. We will only know that relationship. We will only know it through relationship. (laughs) We will not embrace the culture of the kingdom if we do not know the nature of the king. Matthew 6, 32 through 34. For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. You're trying to fill those needs. You might not be looking in the right place. Know that your heavenly father, he is aware. Okay? But seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all those things will be added to you. What are you hungry for? Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. He's got us, friends. Pursue him. Hunger after him. Repent for just simply not. Repent for just simply not. I want to read um, Galatians 5, 5 through 25 out of the complete Jewish Bible. I should have that up here. Um, And then I'm going to pray. You know, we'll just read it from there. This is to encourage us. For it's by the power of the Spirit who works in us because we trust and are faithful that we confidently expect our hope of attaining righteousness to be fulfilled. When we are united with the Messiah Yeshua, neither being circumcised or being uncircumcised matters. What matters is trusting faithfulness expressing itself through love. You were running the race well. Who stopped you from following the truth? Pause. Can you go back one? Just pause. Who stopped you? That line kills me. Verse 8. Whatever means of persuasion he used was not from the one who calls you. It takes only a little hamets to leaven the whole batch of dough. I am confident that since you are united with the Lord, you will take no other view. And I am confident That the one who has been disturbing you, whoever he may be, will have to bear his punishment. And as for me, family, (laughs) if I'm still preaching that circumcision is necessary, why am I still being persecuted? If that were the case, my preaching about the execution stake would cause no offense whatsoever. I wish, okay, well, I didn't go through all that. Go to the next one. Mother, 13. (laughs) No, no, other way, other way. There we go. For brothers, you are called to be free. Only do not let that freedom become, become an excuse for allowing your old nature to have its way. Instead, serve one another in love. For the whole of the Torah is summed up in this one sentence, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you go on snapping at each other and tearing each other to pieces, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. That's not the enemy, that's each other. What I'm saying is this, run your lives by the spirit. Then you will not do what your nature wants. For the old nature wants what is contrary to the spirit. And if the spirit wants what is contrary to the old nature, these oppose each other so that you find yourselves unable to carry out your good intentions. Pause. Go back to 17. For the old nature wants... for. The old nature wants what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit wants what is contrary to the old nature. Uh These oppose each other, so that you find yourselves unable to carry out your good intentions. How many of us felt we have been unable to carry out our good intentions? Verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, then you are not in subjection to the system that results from perverting the Torah into legalism. This is straight scripture. And it is perfectly evident that the old nature does. It expresses itself, as we mentioned earlier, and we'll continue. It expresses itself in sexual immorality, impurity, and indecency, involvement with the occult and with drugs, and feuding, fighting, becoming jealous and getting angry and selfish ambition, factionalism, intrigue, and envy, and drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you now, as I have warned you before, those who do such things will have no share in the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, gentleness, self-control. Nothing in the Torah stands against these things. Moreover, those who belong to the Messiah Yeshua have already put their old nature to death on the stake along with its passions and desires. Since it is through the spirit that we have life, let it be through the spirit that we order our lives day by day. Let us not forget. Let us repent and let us hunger forward. He is worthy. He is faithful. He is good. Let us lay ourselves down and put on Him. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for this call. Shake us to our core. Yeah. Shake us to our core. So that we can continue to actively participate in the continued story of redemption. So we can actively participate in the things that you're doing and bringing heaven to earth, to seeing your kingdom reign here, to see people's lives Full of your goodness, so we can taste and see that the Lord is good, so that we can see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You deserve all the praise, God. You deserve all the glory, God. Let us partake in that. Let it not just be on a Sunday morning when we have music playing. Let it be in how we live our lives, by the Spirit. It's it's further than just teach us your ways, Lord. It's further than that. We're relearning to walk. We're relearning to talk. We're relearning to pray. We're relearning to fight. We're relearning a lot, and it's beautiful. And it's beautiful, Lord. I bless this house. I bless the church, but I bless this house. I bless this family in these things. We want more than just to taste you, God. We want to eat and drink of you. We want communion to be norm, the complete norm of our lives. Thank you that you don't leave us alone as you point out the depths of us that need to change. That you don't leave us alone when showing us how. Thank you for reminding us that it's just about you. Those with ears, hear. Those with eyes, see. Just just thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Adonai. We just give you glory, and let your glory be seen in and through the depths of our lives. That it rises to the surface of our lives, and it out, it, it overflows. It, it pours out. Let the depths come to the surface. Push the rest out. Yes. Push, push the surface things out because it's not you. You're deep. Your depth. Rise in us, rise in us, rise in us, Lord. We love you, we praise you, and we glorify you, God. You are the good one. You are the holy one. You are magnificent. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Yeshua. Yahweh, we thank you, Lord, in your magnificent, wonderful, holy, holy, holy and worthy name, Jesus. Amen. Hmm. Anybody got anything?
2: Talking about laying it at the cross. And, you know, going Might not be on. on. Going you know, putting everything at the cross. On. One, just One, two, three, four. There okay. Um, I grew up in a culture where uh, that was the everyday thing. Just lay it to the cross. Put it to the cross. Put it to the cross. Put it to the cross. Uh, Take it to the cross and lay it there and move on. Um, And as I have been walking with the Lord, I realized that there's something involved in me in that process. And that's where you do get all that you're looking for to be able to fight the things that um, at the cross, it was the battles over. But understanding when you go, it's just not like saying in your mind mentally, I'll take you to the cross because what is required is a contrite and the meaning of a contrite heart, those who have a broken heart and a contrite spirit are willing to do anything and everything that God asks of them without resistance or resentment. We see we cease doing things our way and learn to do them God's way instead in such a condition of submissiveness the atonement can take effect, and true repentance can occur through a contrite heart. Yes. and so that's something. Everything that the that we speak about requires us to engage in something. Uh, and I just want to share that with you because for so many years, um, I mm-hmm. lived under the the lie of just saying saying these things and moving on, and nothing changed in right. me. And, uh, the difference between, um, a contrite heart and a broken heart, there is a difference between those two hmm. and a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Both repenting and believing require that we turn to the Lord with broken hearts and contrite spirits. The word for heart in Hebrew refers to the inner man or will. To have a broken heart means that we are willing to put off the natural man and yield our will to God's will. I just wanted to share that with you.
0: Thank you, Lord. (sighs) Well be blessed. <laughs> I love you all so deeply. Um, you are all so incredible. Um, please munch on that because I am. And yeah, come on up for prayer if you need. it. Amen. Amen. Thank
2: you.